following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. John 14.1 says, Let not your hearts be troubled. In the second part of John 16.33, he says, In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Be encouraged as we start today. The one who created you, the creator of all life, he's here, he's with you, he loves you, he's fond of you, he's for you. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, good morning, good morning. Lord, we come before you this morning in this, this building that you have provided. We want to give you praise. We want to give you glory. We adore you, God. We take this time out to just worship and praise you for who you are and what you've done. The breath that we're taking, thank you, God. Those things that you're bringing to our minds, Lord, help us to pray through those. Forgive us, God, for the times that we've forgotten or neglected or turned from you, or when we've acted contrary to your will and your ways. Cleanse our hearts, our minds, our souls right now, Lord, that we would start this, this moment fresh, that you might use this clean slate to serve and give you glory, that others might see you through us. We just thank you, Lord, for our families, our friends, our opportunities, the gifts and blessings you've bestowed upon us, God. We lift up our, our friends and our family who are hurting, those who are in need, those who have lost loved ones. You know their needs, God. Give them comfort. Give them strength to continue. Bring them healing, God, and for those who are sick, Bring the physical healing that it might be a testimony to give glory to you, to point directly to you, God. Strengthen what remains, Lord. These bodies that are deteriorating continue to give us strength and wisdom that we might be a blessing to others, that we might never forget that it was your love, your grace, your mercy, your sacrifice, Lord Jesus that makes it all possible for us to be in relationship with you. And that we'd be willing to be bold to share that message. Lord, speak through me today. Holy Spirit, wash over me. Invade this heart that the words of my mouth would be pleasing to you. That they would edify you. That they would lift you up and give you glory. We love you. We praise you, God, for all you are. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your indescribable gift and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in the name of mighty Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we continue our dwell theme today. Uh, I'm going to share with, with what I've discovered. Uh, the text for today is uh, John 14. Originally, it was 15 to 31. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, um, we'd be here till Tuesday. If uh, we went, we we went through the whole thing. 
So uh, maybe next month uh, we'll pick up from where I leave off. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but uh, John 14, uh, 15 to 24 is where we're going to cover today. So let's, let's read the text. If you have your Bibles out or your apps, whichever the case may be, let's, let's, go, to the, let's go to the Word. John 14, 15 to 24. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. So, so this concept of dwell uh, reminds us uh, that God is calling us as believers, to be in relationship with him, to be close, to stay, to reside, to abide, to remain. Um, we've talked about that since, uh, since January, and uh, we continue to, to, to mention that because um, it's so important. Um, uh, like Pastor was saying, if, we, if, we're, if our first idea when we get up is to, to, to be in time with the Lord, um, it sets the whole tone for our day. So let's look closely at dwell, and we're going to look in the context of, of love and obedience today. The relationship between our Creator and us, our relationship with our Lord Jesus and us, the Holy Spirit and us. It's not one-sided. It's mutual. And hopefully when you leave here, you'll realize like I did today that it is awesome. Some scripture... Um, to, to kind of bring us to, to, to mind of the dwell concept, the dwell theme. Uh, several hundred times in Scripture, over 300 times in Scripture, dwell or dwells, uh, God dwelling with us or us dwelling with the Lord is mentioned. Um, I apologize uh, as this process of learning how to teach this up here is, um, it changes, it's like fluid um, and so there's things that aren't up on the screen. There's things that might be that might not be in your notes online. I apologize, but not really, <laughs> because because I'm going to give you more here today. And then if you have questions, I'll be happy to send it to you. Um, so let's start. Psalm five, verse four: For you are not a, a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. Uh, one that's very memorable and very uh, comfortable for us. We know this one, Psalm 23, 6. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 91.1 He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. John 14.10, just a little bit before our, our text today. Do, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. We will get to John 14.17 today. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? And I'll jump down to Revelation 21.3 where we see the good news. What is to come? Our, our, breast, our blessed future. And I, hear, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. The end. Praise the Lord. So this is, this is some examples. Like I said, over 300 times throughout Scripture, the reference of dwell is, is, is brought, brought to light. It's demonstrating his purpose and his will for us. That's what it is. And before I get too far off track, it's not him, it's us. That's the problem, right? We get in the way. The God of me. So today I hope to kind of focus on some things that help illuminate Jesus' love language. The title of the message is Obedience Is This Love? So first we'll look at the context of, of today, the text that I just read, and uh, we know that this is Jesus. Uh, this is basically a few hours before he's captured, and uh, we know the rest of the story, his horrific crucifixion. He knows what's about to come in the upper room when he's sharing with his disciples. He had just washed their feet in chapter 13. He's sharing his wisdom with his disciples despite knowing the full wrath of God is coming. In verse 6 of chapter 14, he tells them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He tells Peter he's going to deny him soon. And he also explains that his ministry is coming to an end, at least for the present time. He's physically leaving but he's going to leave a helper, a counselor, an advocate, the Holy Spirit, praise God. So obedience is this love. All our lives we've been instructed to obey, right, from a child in school, at home, follow the laws, follow the regulations. You have, you have rules and what you should wear if you're you know, at school or a particular job. We've seen all kinds of Regulations with COVID over the last two years. Obey, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Most of the time, we're reasonable people. We go along with it. 
for the greater good. Sometimes out of fear, maybe, um, losing our job or getting in trouble at school. But we believe that the greater good is being achieved, and so this is the obedience we know, the obedience we understand, our paradigm. It's kind of an obligation, maybe even out of some loyalty. But we're going to contrast that notion and hopefully turn it upside down a little bit today on that notion of obedience and what Christ is talking about today. So let's begin. We'll survey the text. We'll look at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus is making a declaration here. It's pretty straightforward. A statement of authority, but of love. He's making a clear point that we show him love by keeping his commandments. And he didn't say some of my commandments, did he? They're taken as a whole. This is the word of God. It's not piecemeal. I think we forget that. I know I do. And what's the result of our obedience? Well, we're going to get to that in the next verse. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. It's not just in the New Testament, too, because we know that there are shining examples of obedience in the Old Testament. Abraham, Moses, David. But there's also, in Old and New Testament, examples of disobedience. So make no mistake, our love for God and obedience to Jesus cannot be separated. That's the point. But is it love? Hmm. Our lives don't always line up with what Jesus clearly teaches. That is for sure. Over this life of mine, I can tell you that we were giving examples in, in uh, Get Ready this morning about the, the dross coming off of the gold when it's burned, when it's heated, or the clay being molded, or the roots of a tree coming up, or in my case, the block of wood that gets sanded down because it's so rough. It's sanctification. It's not always fun. It's not always painful, but it's for the greater good because we love God, and He knows what's best for us. We get angry. We get bitter. We tell lies. We are mean-spirited. We chase money. We're greedy. We get caught up in civilian affairs. We ignore the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy, and the Holy Spirit. I imagine Jesus looking down and saying, hmm, something off here. He said, obey my commandments. Pretty clear. There's an old song that I, I listened to that you, none of you would ever have heard because I think they made one album and then they disappeared, but it was a, it was a band called Brothers Keeper. And they had the song called The Heart of the Matter. And it was basically the outline of that song was the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Is that not what, they're, what we're talking about? Our heart's desire for other things. Obedience, trust, it's not always the priority. 
Here's the issue. Not to be negative Nelson or anything. You can't do it. This is what I've realized. This is the, this is the, the eye popper. You can't do it alone. It's humanly impossible to keep all of God's commandments. We learned, if we haven't learned anything from reading about what Israel was up to for thousands of years, we need Jesus. Hmm. Which brings us to verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Don't miss that part. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. Our gracious God is going to provide us a helper, an advocate, a counselor, a guide, a powerful force to lead us, lead our hearts. Praise God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can tell you, I can assure you that as I was growing up, he was, the Holy Spirit was down here. He didn't, he doesn't get enough credit in the Christian walk, especially in this culture. But make no mistake, he is part of that triune Godhead. We can't do it without him. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you can know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Hmm. It's a promise. He promises. Getting choked up. Let's continue. I will not leave you as orphans, verse 18. I will come to you. Think of all the gifts that you can possibly have or have received in your life. Think about this. The same power that is in God, in Jesus is in you. You have access to that. When we accept Christ as Savior, that Spirit is in us. It gets sealed in us. The God of all creation, of all life, He dwells in our heart right here. He's making a home. Amazing, really. We have access to his wisdom, to his guidance. He increases our faith, his strength, his power, his grace, his compassion. As I said, forever. God is faithful. God is so, so faithful. I'm just so thankful. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Verse 19, he goes on and says, Yet in a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. In that day, verse 20, you will know that I am in the, my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Together. Together. He's alive. It's the Easter story. It's the resurrection story. Isn't it? disciples just don't know it yet. That's the beauty of it. How blessed are we that we know how the story ends? He is risen. He is alive. We're together forever. Man, so good.
Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is, it's tough to say, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be my will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Reveal himself. This is Jesus' love language. And I'm going to dive into this deeper in a few minutes. He declares that those who keep and obey his word are those who love him. See, we look at obedience as a negative, don't we? Or a thing we got to do. Reluctance. But the foundation of our relationship with our, with our God, it's not reluctance. It's willingness to come and to be in, in unity with him. That's the measure of our love. Obey. He promises to reveal himself so that those who keep his commandments, he will reveal that is unbelievable. What's the result? The love of our Heavenly Father pouring down on us. Are you ready for that? Have you prepared for the rain? I pray every day that the Lord will rain down on me. Open the floodgates of heaven. Open my eyes to the blind spots that I might obey. That I would put him first in everything. That's his call. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered in verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Clear. Have you ever failed to meet expectations? Expectations uh, of yourself, uh, of your spouse, your friend, your neighbor, your coworker, your boss. Relationships. We go through these processes where we're evaluated by our boss or our supervisor at some point in your life. And just visualize the box. Did meet, didn't meet expectations. Exceeded expectations. We earn grades in our school experience for the purpose of, did we meet or exceed those expectations of our teachers or instructors? Success in, in the West in particular is based on those things. You fill in the blank. The money, fame, prestige. Things we own. Expectations. And maybe we'll meet some expectations. It's possible. But according to whose standard? The world's standard. And as most of you have probably figured out by now, that gets real tiresome. Exasperating even. Those expectations can change from day to day, from week to week. Things happen. It's unsettling, actually. But when we put our trust in the Lord, 
That's the good news and the great reminder. His expectations are simple. He tells us clearly he loves us unconditionally. He offers grace beyond our imagination. We do not deserve it, but he gives it anyway every day. He asks us to follow and obey. That's it. This is love to God. In, the, in uh, 1 John 2, verses 1 through 6, he writes, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That's heavy. Because you know which way he walked. He carried that cross. He took hell for us. He was, yeah, tortured. That's the walk he's talking about. What's that look like? It's challenging stuff, but simple. Obey. How do we do that? Dwell. Stay close. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This, this is clear. Come to me. Take my yoke. Abide. Stay close. Give him control. Submit. That's tough for us. It drills down on the notion of dwell, abiding, remaining, and obeying. This is God is what he's asking of us. And the way we show this love to him is by walking as he walked and living how he lived and obeying. Loving how he loved. What's that look like? Jesus says, I make your load light. And he makes it all possible. And even though he's not here physically, we know the Holy Spirit is. And with God, all things are possible. Lord, please help us understand how we can get out of your way. That's my prayer every single day. Those who say, I know him, must keep his commandments. Do you know him? Is it a part-time relationship? Sundays, Wednesdays? We were discussing it this morning. There are card-carrying atheists who know the Bible better than we do. And that doesn't necessarily mean that just by knowing the Bible clearly produces fruit. 
And that's what God's after. Right? He is divine. We know what the Lord did for us on the cross. How can we be not how how can we not be moved by that? His great love for us. And willing to abide, to remain, to dig in. What possibly can get in the way? I don't like to read. You know what? Lucky you, because they have Bible apps now. And they can read it to you. Next. God knows. Let's spend more time getting intimately in, in connection with our Lord. A truly sincere love comes through obedience to his word. Value is placed on honoring God because of who he is, what he's done. Humility and gratitude comes through the spirit because of those things, what he's done for us. And it's worthy of sharing. Make no mistake, when Jesus says go, he's not saying go into your room. He's saying go out into the world and share the gospel. Will it be all sunshine and rainbows? No. I can guarantee it will not. As I said earlier in the scripture in John 16, there will be trouble. There will be tribulation. But I have overcome the world. It's a guarantee. The enemy likes it when you keep your distance from the Lord. The world is divided right now. It's chaotic. It's angry. It's sinful. This is not new, though, is it? We want to think it is, but it's not. Ecclesiastes 1.9 What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. There will be tribulation, but Jesus has overcome the world. Amen. Amen. Verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Don't miss that last clause. It's powerful. This is the full endorsement from the Creator. This, this is, do you need a stamp of approval or, a, or, the, or the medallion guarantee? This is it. This is Jesus already saying that the Spirit is coming. I am with you. God is with you, God the Father. The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, the creator of all life, just reminding us that we're not in this alone. You people, this, this beautiful church family, you're not alone. We have each other. We all represent different parts of the body. We have people who are doing things and volunteering, people who are praying, people who are playing worship music. If, if you've known me for any period of time, you've probably heard me say, I know my family's heard it probably too much. But I firmly believe, and I'm taking this from an old movie, but I firmly believe that when we use our gifts, God smiles. 
when we are in connection with others and we're sharing our gifts and our blessings, not for our own good, but for his glory, to just share what we've been given, he smiles. And he is faithful. And he is trustworthy. So let's keep turning to him, trusting him. Back to the title, sorry. There's four types of love. You probably have heard these before. In the Greek, there's these four um, descriptions. Storge love, which is familial love. Uh, examples are like uh, Jairus in Scripture when he brings his daughter to Jesus and uh, Martha and, and, and Mary and their love for their brother uh, Lazarus as he's dying. Uh, these are things that show the storge type of love. Phileo, close relationship, probably like storge except non-family members. Brotherly love, like Philadelphia, comes from that term phileo. Eros is a third kind of love, romantic love. But the one I'm going to focus on is agape love. You've probably heard this before. If not, well, good. It's the highest form of love. It is everlasting. It is sacrificial. It's love that's given whether it's returned or not. It's perfect love. John, 1 John 4, 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. We know the love chapter from 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast. Bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, love never ends. Sacrificial love. John 3, 16 and 17. We say that so often. How often do we just blow right by it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is agape love. Willingly giving of himself to suffer for humanity. That's Jesus demonstrating agape love. Remember, when we return, whew, hold that thought. Jesus knew he was going to suffer. Okay? The text today that we're talking about, he knew what was coming, he knew what was about to happen. Romans 5, verse 8, but God shows his love for us, and while there, we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We can't return that love to him in that same way, that supernatural, sacrificial way. But we can be moved by it to love others. We can dig into the scripture, and we can pray that God would open up our eyes to understand it. Where am I going with all this? Obedience, love, okay, hold that thought. I'd like to elaborate on the love languages. Many of you have maybe been in marriage counseling. You've heard of Gary Chapman, a pastor and an author, and he wrote about the five love languages. Profound, deep, always buried in scripture. 
words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch, these things, they, 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 they are demonstrations of what it is that makes a person feel loved. Scripture points to these things. Obviously, it can be applied to other relationships as well. The investment in those relationships is it intentional. Well, God has a love language as well. It's a little bit different than those five points. Obey his word. Keep his commandments. You know, Jesus is the bridegroom. We're the bride. Are we showing him that we love him? Because this is when he knows he's loved most, is when we obey. That's what he's saying. Go back to verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be, be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him, the revelation of him. Now let's take a look at Luke 5, verses 4 through 10. This is the context when Jesus tells Peter to take the boats back out to deep water. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. God bless you. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. There is a little piece in there that you might miss. We just think, wow, God did something awesome, Jesus. What did Peter do? He obeyed. He didn't want to. He says he toiled all night. But he went out because Jesus asked him to. And he, the revelation, the manifestation comes in verse 8 when Jesus saw it. And he fell down on his knees saying, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. That's Jesus' love language. Obey. He hesitated, yep. How often do we do that? But if you look at it from the context of this is when Jesus is actually feeling loved, imagine that. Our Savior cares about us loving Him. Obedience is love. This is verse 21. The result, unity with God, the Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. 
We have no reference point for a monster catch of fish. Or maybe we have some supernatural event that's happened in your life. Can you imagine what that must have been like? So back to the, the title of this, this message. Obedience is this love. Unequivocally, absolutely yes. Jesus cares about our love for him. It's not an obligation. It's not about loyalty or a moral basis. It's because he's our Lord because he's worthy it's a form of worship when we obey it's because he gave everything for us because he's our creator we desire to be closer to serve our king because we need to grow he wants us to give something up maybe that might be good for something better That's tough for me. He seeks our whole heart. He seeks authenticity. He knows what we need. When he asks us to obey, he already knows. It's not something that he just looks at as a project manager and goes, well, here's what needs to happen. He knows already. So we need to come to him and dwell, obey. So is it worth it? Questions to think about, to pray on? Yes, of course. This is not optional. Is our walk will, it will point to that. He's knocking on the door of your heart. But do we love him enough to obey him? That's a tough question. And in our time, in our quiet time, in our dwelling time, can we answer that honestly? Will it be out of reluctance or true worship? Keeping in mind that this message of obedience that God is expressing, that Jesus is expressing to his disciples, that we have the the blessing of being shared with us, is coming just hours before he's going to be crucified. Before he goes to the cross. But he loved them enough to explain how important this was, that the Spirit was coming. Awesome. Humbling, truly humbling. I thank you, Lord. So if you've heard these words today, you're not sure, but maybe you're intrigued. Maybe you haven't given your heart to Jesus. Or maybe you think you have, but maybe you're realizing maybe you haven't. And you wanna, or you want to recommit. Today's the day. Please do not leave here without getting with me or Pastor Colin or Pastor Fred or somebody who's in leadership here and pray with you. To understand that obedience is a good thing. But following God's word is a beautiful thing. because we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. 
So as I prepare to close, the worship team will make their way up here. I pray, Lord God, that you would please move in our reluctant hearts. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you wash over us, that we might live in love in the language that you deserve, the language of obedience, where you feel love the most, which unites us with you, our creator. I pray the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine unto you and be gracious unto you and may God give you his peace. Wherever you go, wherever you are, getting up, going to work, being with family, until that day comes when you stand before Christ, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.